Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. Yes, and since it's Wednesday, um, the third Wednesday of the month, it is Loretta McNary Live presents Wednesdays with our fashion and PR guru, Ms. Ianod Burrell. Everybody give it up for Ianod. Hi, Ms. Ianod. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So excited about the holidays and the new year coming up and certainly excited about our topic today because you know I love fashion. Um, even before I got into TV, I, I just loved everything about it. And now meeting you and getting to hear the inside stories and all how mm-hmm. everything happens, I'm just really excited about today's show. So I know all the fashion designers, future, present, and past want to listen to this show and send in their questions to you because we all know that um, you do the longest running and the largest outdoor fashion show in California. So we're excited to talk about fashion today. Wonderful. I'm excited. It's my passion. It's something that I exude. So I'm happy to share tips and some tricks and some insights, insider information. I know. And so we have some questions, but we'll dialogue and, and, you know, have this conversation about fashions and, you know, ask my questions and hopefully people will tweet some questions or Facebook some questions like they did the last time you were on. And I get archives, um, listeners of the last show you were on, and we had um, well over 1,000 people, almost 2,000 people have listened to that show already. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Wonderful. That is great news. That's exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah, real close to 2,000 people. I mean, I could probably say 2,000 and get away with it legally because it's just some change. So um, I just want you to know that people really love this concept, this thing that we're doing on PR and fashion. So I know it's going to just grow, grow, grow. For a first show, that's just amazing. So congratulations, lady. Thank you. Thank you. So um, just in case somebody is going to be brave enough to call in today, um, I know people really love listening and taking notes to the show because that's what I get in my messages all the time. It's like, we don't want to call in. We want to just hear everything. And plus a lot of people are listening at work and they can't call. But since it's the holidays, I'll just go ahead and give out the number for, and we can take some calls at 347-539-5772. 347-539-5772. That will get you in to Loretta McNary Live presents Wednesdays with Ian Nod. So just in case somebody wants to call in and talk to us, they can do that, or they can just listen on their phones or on the Internet. So we are covered as it relates to that. So I just want to go ahead and ask the first question that we have. Um mm-hmm. What are what are the trends of the mainstream fashion shows like the Mercedes Benz Fashion Week? That is, that's a very good question, and it's really, really important for people to know that there are options. So as most fashion industry individuals know, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week has been around for many, many years. And I attended them in the late 90s, the very early 2000s. And it's a fashion show, and some of this information will be new, and some of it will be not so new. You are invited attend these shows. There are no tickets sold. You don't purchase a ticket to sit down. You have to be invited. Everything is on invitation only. 
photographers are even and all the media are even on invitation only. So all of these shows that go on during Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week where you see these hundreds of people, nobody has paid a dime. And that is the designer partnering with and having an either a great in-house publicist or some fashion, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. Also, they have publicists for the event itself. And they pull together socialites and celebrities. You can go online anytime, 24-7, right now, and see the fashion shows, the videos, and you'll see the front row. So after year after year after year, now mind you, these shows start at about $30,000 to be in. That's starting. That does not include models, hair, makeup, advertising. Just to get in the front door is about 30000 starting. And a lot of designers spend up to the six figures to be in these shows. Well, as Ooh. the trend would be, not only do we not have that kind of, it's not disposable income, not that we don't have it. Folks just don't have it. But there are some amazing fashion designers who can still rock it at that level, but just don't have the money. So Mercedes-Benz got smart. They did a couple of things. They designed something called, some some call it Nolcha, some call it Noche. So the fashionista would be Noche. It's Noche Fashion Week. And that happens during the same time as Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, the week following. And it's for the independent designers. And it is huge, just as big as Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. But they present something called No Shave Fashion Week. And if you go online, you can just Google that name, N-O-L-C-H-A Fashion Week. It's coming up in February. It's every February and September, just like Mercedes-Benz. And you'll see a ton of independent designers that are in that show. They also, Mercedes-Benz also began to expand. into. They've always been international. So you have Mercedes-Benz Asia. You have Mercedes-Benz Miami. But they got what I would call very savvy and targeted the African-American, excuse me, the African fashion designer. So they have something called African Fashion International. So Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week now has a design show for African designers, and it's held in Africa, and it's the whole week of and everything that goes on. So they wow. have really, yeah, they're getting smart with what they're doing, and it didn't take – we have designers that are being born every day. They are cropping up and doing very eclectic, very trendy, very avant-garde things, and it's not always for the platform of Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. And also, and, and some may also realize this, you have stellar designers like B. Michael, who was also part of Fashion on the Square in '09. You have even sometimes Kimberly Simmons. They choose not to show at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, and instead they show what they call off-site. So they show during Fashion Week, but they control the venue. They have an off-site, an excluded location that's not open to the public. It may be a mansion. It could be a warehouse that's pulled into this glamorous venue. But they have gotten into, okay, when you're part of Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, there are some protocols. It's in the tent. Well, no longer in the tent. It's at the Lincoln Center. It's a very structured environment. It's a particular location. Everything is pretty much housed in tents inside of Lincoln Square, actually. But when you want to have more control when you're spending six figures, let's get a little <laughs> bit different. Let's do our own venue. And the beauty in that, though, Loretta, is that they can still be listed 
for Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, and you'll see something that says off-site next to their name. So it's not yeah. out there in the public where they're showing it because you have to be invited. So it's not something. So Mercedes-Benz, that's the trend. We're, we're, mainstream is great. To say I've shown at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week is wonderful. However, we really have to, just like social, social media, we have to move with the time. And with that, we have Noche Fashion Week, we have African Fashion International Fashion Week, and there are some others as well. Okay, so Mercedes Benz also sponsors the Noche Fashion Week. Is that yes, part of them, indeed. or is it somebody else is saying, "Hey, Mercedes is doing all"? They're trying to compete with them, or is it Mercedes Benz? It's Mercedes Benz. They have their. Oh, they are they smart. Have, yeah, absolutely. They are branding with. They're branding with that Fashion Week, No Shade Fashion Week for independent designers. So now the Fashion Week itself still has its own sponsors, but when you are able to have it around the same time as Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, you have all the national writers, bloggers, fashion editors. You want to do it while they're in town. So while they're right. in town, the buyers, the merchandisers, the celebrity stylists, the wardrobe stylists, they are doing it the following week after Mercedes-Benz. Why? Because they want to capture all the media that's in town during that time in New York. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> That's huge. huge. And I it actually is. only started hearing about it the last three or four years. Maybe. I guess as long, almost as long as I've had the show is when I first started hearing about the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, not really knowing that it was legendary. You know, when it came to that, I thought maybe it was just some Mercedes-Benz um, company saying, let's just do this. Mm-hmm. I never knew it was world-class, known all over the world, a Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. Because you think of cars and now you're thinking about a fashion show. I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Whoever came up with that is brilliant. That's, that's that whole psychology of branding. We touched on a little bit last month, but if I didn't give the example before, when you, if you haven't seen and some of our audience may have seen the GMC, General Motors Corporation got smart, and they began to brand with the fashion industry. They branded, even though Jay-Z is a hip-hop and rap artist, he also has a clothing line. And even though Mary J is a R&B queen of soul, she also has a perfume line. So they began to brand with the music industry, GMC did, and that kind of brought certainly brought in their their audience because if you want to be like Mary J, if you thrive to be her, if you want to be a Jay Z, then you do what they do. When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. So they were able to get commercials with them. As the Mercedes Benz Fashion Week has been around over close to twenty years, I believe. Yeah, wow. probably close to twenty years. So they are here to stay. <laughs> okay, so um, okay, let's ask some more questions because I have other questions about various fashion weeks because I know there are a ton of fashion weeks. Even people who are not uh, at that high level, like a New York Fashion Week or Mercedes Benz, because I think we've had some here locally in Memphis, but I have not seen anything that compared um, even closely to what they do in New York, and I'm not sure. Uh, I know a big part of it is money, but if you're saying Fashion Week, I just think it should be over-the-top, glamorous, um, even equal to or very close to or Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week or New York Fashion Week. So can you uh, 
just in your opinion, why can't we, well, I know you do at your level too, but here in local areas where we don't have like an Ian Burrell or a Mercedes-Benz, <laughs> like in Memphis or um, Chicago, what what's mm-hmm. stopping people from having a huge, is it contacts, a huge fashion week? Well, once you say fashion week and once you put the week on there, you really better have a week of something going on. And a lot of times there are cities that do fashion weeks, and it's one event a day. A fashion week is when you go to Mercedes-Benz, every hour on the hour of every day is a show. That's a legitimate type fashion week. I am literally, I was literally making sure I had my tennis shoes on, some comfortable clothes because I was running from tent. And if the door closes, it's a wrap. So if you don't have, which is Mercedes-Benz being the title sponsor, you can imagine what dollar amount that is. That means, and I'm guessing, they're covering the venue, they're covering a lot of the food that's there, they're covering the lights, camera, action. Even though designers are paid to be are paying to be in it, you are using the name. You have the cars there. So when we had San Francisco Fashion Week, it was a challenge. And also the difference is most traditionally Fashion Weeks you don't pay. Well, who can really afford to put on a show right now every day, five or six shows a day, and charge it and everybody gets in for free? That is not probably going to happen. So I yeah. Say okay. Me, I see why now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they have to use the resources me. and revenue that they already have. They already have, or it comes from what the designers pay to be in the show. But even with the fashion weeks that are non-traditional, designers are paying to be in the show, and you're paying to be there. So most of the fashion shows who are not at the level of Mercedes-Benz. You pay maybe $50 for a day pass, $100 for a day pass. But economically, what's really preventing other fashion weeks is, is all, it's all boiling down to money. Also, okay. the production side. Who, you have to be in the industry to know how to produce a fashion show, meaning you know the lighting, you know the stage, you know how the projector should be, you know how to present a fashion show. So when you talk about putting on a fashion week, who knows how to do that? Not everybody. So that is another – we're going to bring a myth in something, though. I, I feel it coming in my bones. We're going to have a myth in I know, because with all this education and with all your know-how and context, and like I said, we can, we can definitely pull that off because I just feel like Memphis is next in line for all of this wonderful stuff. People always talk about Atlanta, and of course, you know, they talk about San Francisco and New York and, you know, L.A., and I just believe that Memphis is soon to be a, a um, uh, they'll have a, their place on the map when it comes to fashion and entertainment, because I'm going to do all that I can <laughs> to convince people to really look at Memphis as an entertainment um, city, film city, fashion city as well, because you know, I just I just believe in Memphis. So since we're talking about money, um, as a designer, how can they monetize the value of being in a fashion show? Because you already said, you know, it costs. Designers have to pay to be in these um, brand fashion shows. And it can go both ways. It more is leaning towards the pay. And let me preface before I answer by saying this. Individuals who are going into this industry, when I say the industry, you can say the word industry, and almost globally people, for the most part, know that's entertainment. Under entertainment, you have fashion, beauty, music, and all of that. 
it still buffles me, befaddles me with all of those words that I could come up with, that people dive into this with no budget. They just, I'm, I'm passionate. Well, that's great. We love the passion. I think it's wonderful to be passionate. If you're not passionate about it, you're not good at it. But then the next line they say, but I don't have a budget. This industry costs, no matter at what level, whether it's beauty, music, fashion, it costs. So if you're going to make sure you're spending your money very wisely, how do you monetize it? I have probably ten questions that I would ask the person who's asking me to be a part of their show, and I'll just go over a couple. The first is, who are they? Are, are you a fashion producer? Are you a – who are you in this industry? Can I pull up your name and lots of references come up? Are you known? So anybody who's approaching you as a fashion designer to be in their show and saying, and the fee is X amount, my question is, who are you? The second thing I would look at is, who? Everybody wants to keep company with either those they would like, the level they would like to be, or similar. Who else is in the show? So if we have a couture designer that is in the show, and then another designer is just entering the industry in the past year, and they have really not a collection, that's probably probably not a good fit. So look at who else is in the show, and they can always give you a name, but then do your homework. Call the designer. Yeah. Call someone they know. You know, because this name dropping is so, we do it 24, so I don't. <laughs> but it's done. <laughs> let's be clear. It's done 24-7, but let's do our homework. And I would say the third would be if they've ever done anything before, if this is their first fashion show, I would say negative. So they have to start somewhere, but I don't know if they want to start with me as the tester. So how do I monetize it is to figure out who is this person who's asking, what, what, what is their reputation? Who else is in the show? And is this your first, your second, your tenth? And even with the ninth annual, and of course I'm going to drop my plug every time I have an opportunity, even though I'm entering the ninth annual fashion on the square, well, the beauty of that is there are designers who are asking to be in the show, and they are vetted. And then there are designers that I actually know being a part of this show would really take it to the next level and the next level and the next level. So the pitching goes both ways. There are a lot of designers I get inquiries from, and they're vetted with the team, the Unsung Diva production. And then there are those designers that I talk to to be a part of the show. And they're going to do their homework. They're going to ask for references. They're going to go to the website. They're going to look at pictures from previous shows. So when you think about monetizing it, and, and you really want to be careful, being in every fashion show is not the tea. It is not necessary. <laughs> you really have to make sure you're picking your platforms wisely because after a while you're going to get burnt out, and then when that real larger opportunity comes, you're going to be stressed out and all, done it already. And then you're, you're showing the same thing. So those are ways, just some of the key ways to monetize being in a show. Okay. So I say a new designer, someone who hasn't really, um, they're really talented, very, very gifted, but they're new. So how does a new, do you take on with Fashion on the Square, do you take on brand new designers? Or should they have already, you know, paid some dues or been in some other fashion shows for Fashion on the Square? 
because I know that a lot of those people that you have, I mean, they are the top. They are the creme de la creme. So do you take <laughs> on new designers that are equally talented? Well, I don't know if you could be equally talented if you haven't had the experiences that they have. So just say a great new designer, would you take them on into your fashion show, or do they have to wait two or three years to have some experience in other shows? We used to, in our first, second, and third annual fashion on the square, you did not have to have a collection. You just needed to be a thriving, emerging, very energetic, consistent, and deadline-driven designer. Now, the only reason I would say maybe not is because emerging designers don't have a collection. Now, if you have a collection, then there is consideration. So instead of saying, are you new, do you have a collection and a cohesive collection? So some individuals or some designers they have pieces, pieces that don't quite fit together. So they may have a top and then they throw a bottom in or a bottom and they throw a top in. But if they have a cohesive collection, a website, and inventory, and I touched on that a little bit last month, then they can at least be considered because just as much as I have those top designers, and thank you so much for, for that acknowledgement, we do. Fashion on the Square is about the broad range of designers. We are setting ourselves apart from, like, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week because we know that there are designers that can still rock it but just can't afford it, and they want the San Francisco market. So we're on that platform for that reason. So I certainly encourage emerging designers to submit, and the submission is just send me your website, send me a lookbook. Send me something to, to, for our team to vet. But, again, it goes back to the dollar. And the emerging designer will usually say, but I don't have much of a budget. And that's where the conversation kind of stops. So designers who don't have budget, who want to be in these shows, who are new and emerging, find a sponsor. A sponsor can be your cousin, as long as they're writing a check. A sponsor can be <laughs> is, – is, I mean, you can really rally a – movement around being in a show. You can go to your friends, your family, and say, hey, really want to be in this show. It's in X city. I know I could do well there. I need X amount of money. And trust, actually very interesting. People will rally around someone they trust, someone they believe in, and someone they have to, hopefully you haven't burnt bridges, and that's where we get back to reputation and integrity. So in everything that you do, and I would say this across the board, just life. Let the integrity and let your name stand for itself because it's going to follow you regardless of where you go and what you're doing. So that would right. be my advice. That would certainly be my advice to any emerging designer. And say, okay, I've heard that Ian nod a thousand times. I, I, I've asked the family. I've asked, I've asked everyone, do you have anything else? Sure do. I would say do a trunk show. <laughs> and a, trunk, <laughs> a trunk show is just that. A trunk show is you find, and when I say find a venue, it may not cost you. It may be a school. It may be a classroom. Do a trunk show, and that trunk show is inviting your friends, family. You pitch out to some buyers, some merchandisers, and you show your, you show your clothes. They can be hanging on a rack as long as they're presented nicely. Or choose a few of your friends who are the look of your line and have them wearing your clothes. That's probably costing you not much. Now, will you get media? Probably not a lot. You will have done something. So you have pictures. You can say the trunk show was on this day, this time. You showed your stuff. And it shows, it shows diligence and a lot of 
just tenacity behind what you're doing. So there are other ways, uh, but the value of doing the fashion show and being on the runway that way, there, there are so many components from monetizing to the budget and who's the producer, where's the venue, all of that. Okay, so they should know those questions to ask. So the question, so how do they monitor, how do they make something happen from having been in the shows? What's in it for, for them other than to say I was in a Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week? I was in, I, I showed my clothes at the Fashion on the Square. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's well, good for their resume and that, that probably will open more doors or get them more exposure so how do you determine which fashion shows to participate in, especially if you don't have a six-figure um, budget for, you know, your showing? That's a great question, and it goes back to what we are talking about, the overall fashion PR. Publicity is everything. And to reiterate a little bit the difference between publicity, advertising, and marketing, PR is free. When I, when not My fee is not free, but to get you PR and publicity is free. Advertising, you're paying for an ad in a magazine. Marketing is more towards the bottom line, who's your target audience. So Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, not only do they attract every number one writer, fashion writer, magazine in the nation and internationally, every top blogger, every top stylist. So when you when you are accepted into a Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, I won't say you have arrived. You have certainly gone to the very, very, very next level. But they have every infrastructure available. So deciding or choosing or being in that show, you have PR on a national level. Their website, you get the video, you get the photography, you get the production. So it's almost a no-brainer because when you you know when you're in Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, you know you get all of that. So you're not there. You're at, with Fashion on the Square, you get, because Glasshouse Communications is the PR company, we do all of that. We do the production, the unsung production. We do the staging, the lighting, the video, the photos, the PR, the press junket conference. We do all of that. So when you talk about what are my takeaways, oh, let's not forget the front row. Who's on the front row? (laughs) Those socialites and folks that have the purse, are they on the front row because nine times out of ten, we hope, they want to buy. They want to buy after the show, and that did happen at, at this year with Joseph Domingo, who was our title designer at Fashion, Fashion on the Square. There were folks that wanted those gowns off the runway, but because they're <laughs> couture gowns, <laughs> they're couture gowns, he had to set up his own fitting with them and design it for their body, and that's what couture is, one of a kind in, in many ways from it being made for you to the design itself. So when you, what am I going to walk away with if I give you this money? What is my investment going to be? What's going to be the return? And all of that comes around how much PR am I going to get, how many celebrities are on the front row, what socialites are on the front row, what movers and shakers, what politicians potentially am I going to get my video? Is it going to be streaming? How many followers do you have where it's streaming? What is your website traffic like? So monetizing that investment or figuring out what you're walking away with. And most times, and this happened with Fashion on the Square maybe twice, which was amazing, there was someone who attended the show a couple of times that was attending a big event, whether it was a red carpet event, like in the next month or so, and a designer Mm -hmm. was able to 
be picked up or their design was able to be picked up by that person who wore it then on the red carpet. And we know the story after that, right? You're on the red carpet. <laughs> you, you get the interview. You've been on many red carpets, so you know how this goes. <laughs> You're on the red carpet. And we always and you, ask, who, whose design are you wearing? Whose yeah, dress are you wearing? So that is just right. publicity that goes everywhere goes everywhere. So those things. And you want to know that kind of history. So, and it sounds like a lot in terms of money. I would say it is. That's why I say pick your shows very carefully. So there are a lot of shows that happen in club environments, and they do their thing for that audience. And then there are those that happen in ballrooms and hotels and different cathedrals and venues that are more fashion forward. So, it, it can become a lot, but I'll tell you, nine times out of ten, I prefer not to have this conversation with the designer. Why? Because the designer needs to be the designer. He or she needs to be over there making that next gown that's going to knock everybody <laughs> off their seat. I need to talk to the manager, the publicist, the someone else. They need to be the individual or individuals who are taking this information in and pulling it all together because it can be overwhelming for a designer. If any designer listening, and you're probably tired now because I'm, <laughs> because I'm talking at this high speed and this high level like it's nothing, trust me, just have this, save this, archive it, send it to your assistant or your publicist and have, publicist and have them listen to it because it's a lot of work. It really, really is. Yeah, it takes a team of people, and and that's one thing I'm really, uh, well, I kind of knew that, but at at a level where I never really thought about having a team and the value of having a team, because we said, well, I can't afford to pay anybody, but maybe you've got to, because like you said, using the analogy for the fashion designer, you can't design fashions if you're out trying to promote and book venues and and choose models. You've got to have a team of people, whether it's your cousin who, you know, just has an Mm -hmm. affinity for, you know, fine things and clothing. Too, you don't want to just get, you know, somebody who has no passion or no experience or high level thinking mm-hmm. when it comes to fashion. You got to have somebody like that, maybe a student or somebody or another fashion designer. I don't know, but what I've learned in my, you know, being a talk show host, don't try to. You can't do all that stuff yourself and still be effective in the best that you can be because you you're trying to go from hosting mm-hmm. a TV show to producing the show to booking guests. <laughs> you got to have a team of people doing it. You have to have a a PR person. That's like a no brainer right. for me now. <laughs> yeah, it's the it, value it of is. having a PR and a marketing person. It, it certainly is, and I know it's not easy to bring a team together. We, our team has fluctuated from Loretta. At one time in the beginning, there were 15 fabulous ladies on the team, and that had a lot to do with everybody's enthused, and we're all just gung-ho, and we're doing it, but it's work. And these are ladies who are volunteering mm-hmm. their time. They are, they are wives. They are sisters. They, they are mothers. They are aunts, and they're students. They're full-time workers. And so as we begin to drill down and really get the work done, there were, there were some fall-offs. And it wasn't a bad fall-off. It's a lot of work. So they are still supportive. <laughs> and they're still supportive. And because my mind is in a thousand places at the same time, I, the way I work sometimes can be, I won't say it's, it's a lot. It can just be. It's a, it is a lot. Let's just put it out there. It is a lot. It is. Just, just say it. Just let it go. It is a ton of work to produce 
anything of quality, especially at a high level where you produce things, Ian, I just got to tell you, I can only imagine the number of people it takes to pull that off. And, of course, like anything else, it's going to be 20, 80% of the work is going to come from 20% of the staff anyway. So yes. it's, it's, <laughs> so it's okay to have five amazing people instead of 15 people, you know, who are very, very tired and pull themselves in 50 other directions so they can't give their all in all. So don't worry about the number of people. Just have the quality of people that are going to, you know, they, they'll burn the night all with you and make sure everything yeah. is excellent, above excellent. So, um, can't we have to really talk about that some more? Because I, I do want to ask. So we're more than halfway done already, and I have so many, so many questions and uh, a couple of Facebook questions too. So uh, the next question, and, and you talked about the different venues where they can have these events, and so this question kind of leads into that, especially uh, when it's a charity event. So why are designers asked to pay to be a part of a event if it's a charity event? Definitely, and Fashion Square is a charity event, but to speak to others, and designers do pay us a mission to be a part, the whole event is around, and let's be clear about one thing. There are a lot of people out there that tag that on. Oh, it's a charity. It's a fundraiser. And old are the days when we would <laughs> soften to that and just, oh, it's for the children, and it's for, um, and no, no disrespect to any nonprofit that's for children, education, and we love our kids. We love them to have and we want them and desire them to have a phenomenal education, anything that's related to a cause that you're passionate about. So it's been exploited, unfortunately, in a lot of ways. So uh -huh. there are several individuals that just say, oh, it's for charity. And, well, what's charity? And then you, you kind of get to know the charity and, and then you never see the person, the event comes and goes, and there's no representative from the nonprofit. There's no presence of the charity. So those that are doing it right and doing it honestly, and they are a lot of them as well, when you are a part of the show and it's a charity event and you're being asked to pay, it's a part of that fundraising. It's, you're, you're a part of it just like the person that's paying the ticket to be in the show. So mm -hmm. there are some that are a little different. Sometimes there is a gala and there's only one designer. Now, from my experience, from the production end and being part of the backstage of those type of events, those designers have not necessarily paid to be a part of the show. They are part, because it's not a fashion show, it's a gala, and it happens to have a component of entertainment, and that entertainment is either someone singing, in this case, it's a fashion show. Okay. When you talk about one designer being the highlight of a particular event, nine times out of ten, no, that designer did not pay. But when you have a fashion show with five, six, seven, eight, ten designers, and the whole vision and mission of the show is a benefit, then nine times out of ten, everyone from everybody that walked in, who sat down, who's on the runway, has given funds, the proceeds, not the net, but the proceeds go to the nonprofit, and then that's pretty much how it is. But when you have a charity event that says the ABC organization's annual gala and so-and-so will be on the runway and that's it, they have not more than likely paid to be a part of it because they are – people have paid two or $300 to go to the gala, dinner, sit down. They are part of the entertainment. And more often than not, they have been pitched to be a part. They have been asked to be a part. And they kind of come in and they may do 
20 pieces or 15 pieces, but it's not a full-blown production per se. So it's legit, it's real, it makes sense, and designers should not shy away when a charity event says, hey, the cost X amount. What I encourage them to do, however, is to, how is the charity involved? Are we going to be part of every single collateral? Are we on their website? Will they also send out this this invite to their database just as much as the producer? Really drill down how the charity is involved and really understand that they really are involved. Because if you go mm-hmm. to and you've been told that the show is December 31st and it's a charity event, and you go to their website and December 31st says nothing, there's nothing on there, there's <laughs> probably something strange about that. So you have to do, and it's December 28th, and there's nothing on the website. You really have to do your own homework. And even now, even as a publicist, we, as much as the economy is what it is, all money is not good money, I do the same thing just from a client-business relationship. When someone comes to me before I have that meeting, I do my homework. I go to their website. I find I talk to other individuals before, even before I sit down and have my first conversation with them, I do my homework. So you, you, you have to do your homework to be a part. And actually, go to the space where they say the event is happening. If you've never heard of it, if you've never been to this venue, you probably need to go and see that the building is there, that it actually exists, that there's exactly. like wiseness. You know, because there have been times, at least the stories I've heard, people showing up and it's just not even a building. So, <laughs> And people shouldn't just blindly do that, though. You know, I, I just can't see how – well, I know people are that trusting or naive where they just get excited about a showing and, and participating to they just give money without having done any vetting or anything, and then they show up and the building's not there. And I bet that happens more <laughs> time than we can even imagine because um, oh. I want to see it on your website. And then I know there are still people who don't have websites yet. I'm like, are you serious? You don't have a yeah. website and you have a business of any type. You need a website because that's what validates you these days. I'm, I'm just sorry. Well, <laughs> well, you may say it has nothing to do with, you know, the computers or anything, but you need a website. I don't care what you're doing. You need a great website, not just a page, right. but it needs to talk right. about your business from every standpoint. I do have a, a question from Facebook and do you as a designer are there times when a designer is paid to be in a fashion show? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Let let's say this. If that designer is not local and you have requested them to be in your show, then, yes, there are times that their air, their hotel, and a per diem is paid for them to be here and to be a part of your show So and all the models. So you're not necessarily handing them a check, but you're covering their air, their hotel, and per diem per day to eat. Now, let's say, let me tell you this. There are ways to negotiate that on your end. If it's a great designer who's known, you go to – well, I won't say the airline. It's much harder – there was a time, I would say nine years ago, that you could get vouchers from a lot of airlines. It's not that easy today. It does exist, but it's not that easy. So let's stick with the hotel. You have a relationship with the hotel. You build a relationship with the hotel. You let them know, guess who's going to be in your building? Guess who I have coming? They sometimes, not all the time, will comp 
those rooms. And it's we're talking about, we're not talking about low-budget hotels. We're talking about four-star and five-star hotels. Why? Because mm-hmm. they want them in their building. They want to be able to say, guess who stayed here? And so there are ways to negotiate that. The per diem, they're not traveling alone. They're coming with an assistant, a manager, an assistant, or just one other. So we're talking anywhere from maybe $100 a day per person that they because breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then you have to provide their car service. So for, it, you know what? It's crazy that even if the venue is across the street from the hotel, <laughs> they, still, they still need to have access to a car service. So, no, to answer the question, the designer necessarily is not handed a check. However, you do cover their expenses for being here. For being in your shop. Okay, so they for can ask for if somebody requests them to come, they can say, "Well, okay, I'll come, but I need you to take care of my air, hotel, and um, per diem for meals." So that's what that's Absolutely. how you negotiate. And so if they were to yes. sell any items, is does the money go toward um, totally to the designer, or does the designer then um, have to share with the person who brings them here, or is that, that is unnegotiable? Fun. Yes, that's part of the negotiation. But I will charity event. Then the easy no-brainer is of those proceeds go to to the charity. But anything else, if it's not a charity event and it's a straight fashion show, then they need to negotiate what that is. Okay. Okay. And so, but normally, I suppose that would only be for a well-known designer, not. Could that be for an emerging designer as well, that someone would just say your clothes are so fantastic? And does that happen? Is that ideal ideal or realistic to say that an emerging designer will get that kind of opportunity? I I would say no. And how would you monitor, how would you figure that out? Google is our best friend. And if you type in their name and it doesn't come in the top five or something, then probably or the top ten, I would say the top five. But no, normally these are established designers because what happens is as soon as you put their name on your ticket, everything goes. Your ticket sales are off the rocker. The prices can go higher. You end up getting standing room only. That designer needs to make a difference in the show. So if you're going to bring them in and cover those expenses, make sure it's someone that can make a difference in the bottom line of your show from a – brand perspective to a monetary perspective because you do want to recoup that money back, right? You do want to be right. able to. You don't want to lose money, I suppose. Right. So let it be it pretty much needs to be. But I'll tell you, if you pitch them and they are an emerging designer, then that's what you're going to get back. However, if they called you, then it's it's almost like, no, if you'd like to be in it, we like you, you're great, but we're not going to cover. But if you approach them, then that kind of negotiation is part of the conversation. But also remember, even if you say I have a first-class ticket, I have you stand at a Four Seasons Hotel, we have a limo to pick you up from the airport, all of that, these designers are going to investigate, let me see what I'm about to get myself into, because they need to make sure <laughs> that your show is at the caliber that will complement them, not necessarily be on a high level, but does it complement them? The other thing is I would really encourage, and I do this all the time, anytime an out-of-state designer comes, maximize that visit, meaning when they come, and you, you just give them this as a suggestion. 
when they come, you let them know who are the top buyers, stylists in the in the area, and let them make that one day event a three or four day event. So after they then do trunk shows at a hotel room, or they may go to a buyer's location or to a showroom. So when they're traveling that far, I always make sure that there is PR built in outside of that to maximize their trip. And that's Ooh. whether – and it's really a part of – not only because what it's what I exude and I love, it really gives you credibility beyond just the show, and that's what you really want. Okay. I, I like that. I'm, I'm glad that you bought that up, the extra. Make it more than just that – build build PR around more than just the fashion show because they may or may not sell anything, but PR goes mm-hmm. a long way, and, and, you know, they could potentially have some earnings from that the PR in that event, you know, months down the line. So I like how you say you build other things around um, their visit to that particular city. So, okay, this question is, I have. I am a new designer, and I don't have a budget to pay to be in a show. What can I do to get my name out there besides a runway show? Okay, and we touched on that a little bit, and mm-hmm. we talk about the trunk shows. And people think of trunk shows differently. What I and, and let's not say a trunk show is set up a certain way, but a couple of things. I have to really, really, really encourage these designers to have inventory. If you don't have, when I say inventory, inventory that you don't expect to come back. So it's really, really important that I don't have money to be in a show. I can't even pull together a trunk show. Do you have in, do you have inventory for placement? So find the wardrobe stylist for channel for a particular show that's on air, whether it's Scandal or or one of the popular shows on. Not who that wardrobe stylist is. Send a garment. To that stylist and say exactly who it's for. I, I, I think so-and-so will look great in this. I'm a designer. But don't expect it to come back. Now, do your follow-up. Ooh. Certainly do your follow-up, but please don't expect it to come back. You can expect I mean, it, it's something that they keep. They may never use, but they're really not going to spend the time. Another is what kind of opportunity, what kind of events are happening around your area, gala, symphony, ballet, uh, big events that you know individuals are going to go to. Do you want to get on the red carpet? Find out who those individuals are. Some of the some of them have a publicist, a manager. I wouldn't send it unless you really have a contact. But have a conversation. Hey, I'm an emerging designer. I have a fabulous gown. Here's a picture of it. I think so and so would look great in it. I know she's going to be attending the ABC ball coming up. That's the way. Now, you're almost jumping all the way to the celebrity red carpet thing, being an emerging designer without doing the fashion shows and all of that. But it happens that way as well, if it's red Mm -hmm. carpet stuff. But if you say, okay, my stuff is not red carpet, it's more for a biker, a skater, a more avant-garde person, then you will have to find those avenues and those locations. That demographic is happening and find a placement opportunity. The other thing is there are a lot of, what do you call them? They're called, not they're not trunk shows, but where the vendors are. They A lot of events have vendors, and they just have a bazaar of jewelry and all of that. Find those opportunities as well to have a table to sell your stuff, but you also have to pick those events as well. But the big thing that is, is, is so important 
is do can you really and are you ready to answer the demand that will come once it starts to come? Because it's, it's nothing more aggravating. Designers put themselves <laughs> out, and, oh, I don't have the money, but then they show up at a particular in a particular situation, and then they can't produce. You will be well-known for not coming through, definitely for not coming through. Um, and quickly, I have, a, I have a quick question on Twitter asking, on average, how many years in the industry does a designer need to be in a show such as <clears throat> Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week? I would say, on average, most of those designers are not less than five years old. And, but really, what is five years old? Is that the first two years of dibbling and dabbling, or is that five years of being out there in some capacity? So I could say I'm a designer today. I could call myself a designer today. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you know, and five years from now, I could have my first garment. So it really, you really, it's all relative. So the five years, yeah, but five years of action, five years of something going on. So it, it's pretty much needs to make sense. <laughs> I have a question for Twitter. How many pieces make a collection? <laughs> we talked about that earlier in the show, just having a collection, and so I guess this kind of ties into the question you just asked. You you don't want to have not a few showing, and you don't have enough pieces, you know, for inventory, yeah. and, you know, to fulfill yeah. an order, then that's just bad. So when you say collection, well, how many pieces did they have? Well, let's say looks, because pieces can be interchanged. How many looks do you have? And I will start with Fashion on the Square. Anyone who's interested in being in the show starts at a minimum of 12 looks. Why? That is a nice, comprehensive six, you're on and off. People are not even going to remember. When you do your finale, you want 12 different looks on that runway, even though some of the pieces may be the same, maybe the top is with a different bottom, the bottom with a different top, you still have 12 looks. So a collection, of bare minimum six, bare minimum six looks. And please don't, and I would say in that collection, if it was six looks, let it at least be 12 pieces, okay? So you're, you're really kind of... <laughs> Some things, you're switching some things around. And so a collection for a, an emerging designer would be would be six looks with at least 12 and up pieces. And when you think about that, you're beyond the top and the bottom. You have a scarf. You have the glove. You have the purse. You, not necessarily that you're designing that, but there's a whole accessory lifestyle and a whole accessories designers. You have the jewelry, the hats, the gloves. But when you talk about a project runway, Every single thing you see on that runway is designed by that designer. That's a different conversation. It's, it's amazing. I love it. But it's a different conversation. So a collection, bare minimum six looks, bare minimum 12 pieces to bring together those six looks. Okay. So I have a question since you said at least six looks. So does that mean that they should have a minimal of, and I guess this is a two-part question, who provides the models and then the models, hair and makeup, and then how many models should you have uh, if you're really trying to do this thing with excellence and not just enough to get by? What would be the standard to say, hey, people are going to look at me because I have this many models? Mm-hmm. Definitely. <clears throat> the first question about hair and makeup, 
when the industry fashion shows, the the Nelche, the Mercedes-Benz, all of them will, you have the option, and I would always go with option one. They provide the models, the hair, and the makeup. You provide the look. You send in what you want your hair to look like. You send in what you want your makeup to look like, and you send in the size of all of your garments, which are nine times out of ten all the same size, and they work with professional agencies to bring in those models, and it's covered. Then there are situations, and sometimes I've done it, but it gets a little tricky when you allow the designer to bring in their own models because mm-hmm. they already have models that fit. They have a a troop of models that already fit their garment. The problem is, are they models or are they performers on the runway? I am strictly about you are a muse. You are to wear the garment, and it is not to wear you. So when you leave the runway, all I need to remember is what you had on, not that you were walking a certain way or you couldn't get it right. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you said that. You're not. Because I think that's that's what's been missing here locally to me, because I've I've had the pleasure of, you know, seeing some really top – fashion shows in New York and in L.A. when I'm doing these visits for my show. And here, I think people, it's the, it's about the walk. But when I'm there, and I see it's about the clothes, you should definitely disappear because you should be selling the clothes, not yourself. But here, and not just Memphis, but other places that don't have somebody like you or uh, somebody who really has seen the high-level fashion shows, they think it's about the walk and the stomping and the turning and the, the performing. It's about the clothes. And it's I thought so that was crazy, or I don't know what I was talking about. So I'm, I'm glad you said that for my own personal reason. So if you can oh elaborate God, on that. So, that was- yes, it's so about the clothes that – when any audition that I have, as soon as I see that, it's a wrap. I don't even – sometimes I have a conversation and really educate the ladies. That is not – we are talking about high-level couture fashion shows. I don't care if it's a pair of jeans. You're not doing all of this behind stuff and dropping it and all of that. It, it completely – sponsors don't want to see it. My investors don't want to see it. And people are co- coming to see that. They're coming to see the clothes. And the other part to that is I'll never forget someone walked into an audition for Fashion on the Square one year, and when I said, you know, I just want to see you walk, she said, okay, would you like a couture walk or an urban walk? I said, what's an urban walk? And so even though I knew what she was talking about, I acted as though I didn't because that is absolutely not okay. We, we don't do – I don't know what that is, and I'm going to disconnect myself from that. So, no, I want couture. And actually, for your benefit, Always give couture and never walk into an audition asking what kind of walk do you want. So definitely it's about the clothes. And when you look now, if you fall, then I'll remember that. But not if you do a certain <laughs> walk. I just need you to make sure you keep it very, very about the clothes. Now, there's a way to show the clothes without a lot of movement. So if you're if it's fur around the neck or if, if you're showing shoes, there's a way to do that grace graciously and appropriately. So definitely the uh, the models. So when you do allow that designer to come with their own models, I vet them as well. I need to see them. I need to see what they're doing. Now, there have been some. This happened to us one time, and I immediately put her off the show at that moment. She knew what to do, but in her mind, she was coming out doing what she wanted to do, 
And I'll tell you, mm. Loretta, when she came on the yeah, when she came on the runway and we're on Union Square, and she did that thing that she was not supposed to do. As soon as she went back, kicked out the show. And we found, I said, I don't care production, find somebody else to do all her segments or whatever else is left. I'm done. I'm not going to have that. This is we're, we're in front of thousands of people on Union Square. That is not the tea to do that in this brand that I'm building because it's a brand for me. So definitely with, with, with the models and, and hair and makeup. And then, Loretta, what was the second question? Those are the models and then... Um, should they bring their own models, and who does? Who's responsible for doing their hair and makeup? Yeah, is so that there part are of the deal? Yes, it's part of the package. So there are professional stylists, there are professional makeup artists, and professional hairstylists that do the hair and makeup. But you, as a designer, have to give the look. So you give the pictures. Okay, I want smoky eyes with red lips, or I want the hair in a bun. I want the Tiffany's tea bun or something like that. You have to give that look, and then they pretty much replicate it. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I, I love that. I love, 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 love. Okay. Um, oh, my goodness, we only have five minutes. So any you want to uh, kind of <laughs> do a conclusion on what we talked about? I can't believe it's almost it's five minutes, less than five minutes. I think we have – I was looking on Twitter, and, and there was another question we covered earlier about Mercedes. Actually, it's one minute. Okay. And no, I think we're good. Um, please, if there are anything, if there anything comes through for the audience that they would like to know, of course they know how to reach Loretta. You can reach me on Twitter at glasshouse.com or hashtag fashion PR. I love that. So we're all talking about fashion PR, or of course on my Facebook or website, all of that. But I'll have a nice juicy topic for January, and we we're good. <laughs> okay, and that day for January the third. Wednesday is January the 16th, 2013, when I will be back with another hot topic as it relates to PR and fashion only here on Loretta McNary Live. It's been a blast for me. I have learned a lot, and I thank her so much for confirming what I thought the difference between local fashion shows and then the New York and uh, California fashion shows is definitely the walk and not selling who you are as a model, but selling what you are wearing totally so um, not only can fashion designers learn from that, but models, too, and those who are putting on fashion shows. So we can kind of address that um, hopefully at some point in our Wednesdays with Ian Nod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Ian Nod, thank you. I know we'll be talking soon because there's so much I want us to talk about and to do as it relates to PR and fashion. Um, so I'm very happy. And Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody. But I say Merry Christmas, not to offend anybody, but that's what I celebrate. So I'm just excited that we only have a few days away from it. And like I said, Wednesdays with Ian Knott will take place again January the 16th, only here on Loretta McNary Live, 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. Everybody, do your best at whatever it is that you do. Always expect excellence and always give excellence. Until next time, goodbye, y'all. Bye-bye. Nice. Yep, I hate it when I say goodbye, y'all.